Welcome to the Lewis and Sluggers podcast with your host, Zach Wood. We cover everything about MLB. From the regular season to the postseason and even the offseason, we got you covered. Welcome to part two of episode 29. Longtime co-host and full-time youth baseball coach Jake joins us again to talk about his favorite team, the Texas Rangers, and we get his thoughts on the Simeon and Seeger deal and a great talk about all the other free agent signers. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and don't forget to shop our merch at lewiswithsluggers.com. Thanks for tuning in. All right, Jake, welcome to part two of today's uh, signing day, essentially. I might call it that, like chaining day, uh, signing day. And you're a Texas fan, so I tried to say some of this. I wanted to get your opinion. What do you think of the Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager move to the Texas Rangers? Love the Marcus Simeon signing. Great deal, great value. Seager, not as high on because he does have a little bit of an injury history, and I'm not a fan of 10-year-plus deals. It generally doesn't tend to work out for the clubs. Um, I mean, there's been some some that have, but you look at Albert Pujols. Right. You know, I feel like signing guys that are longer than seven years generally doesn't work. Now, if you're going to sign a guy that's 21, 22, that's a little different than signing a guy. I think Seager's 27 or 28. So you're not going to get him through the prime years, you know, 27 through 32, maybe five years of the 10-year deal will be worth it. Other than that, I'm not as high on it. But I'm happy that the Rangers are deciding to play ball and spend some money and try to be competitive. You think it's been a long time due, or do you think they waited strategically? So, from what I understand about Rangers ownership, uh, Ray Davis has been in the middle of a divorce, and his records have been sealed. So, nobody knew how much he was having to pay his wife but it's something that's not really talked about. I wonder if some of that's freed up now, and now he has the capital to spend. And also understand they were kind of going through a rebuild when they hired uh, Chris Woodward. And I'm, I'm kind of happy to see what Chris Woodward can do with the ball club because I don't think he was put in a fair situation with the pieces he was given the last few years. So excited to see what he can do. I don't know if he's, it's going to be any good or not, but at least he gets a fair opportunity now, right? Right. Okay. Okay. What do you think of the uh, three-year New York uh, New York Mets signing Max Scherzer to a three-year, one hundred and thirty million dollar deal, forty-three million AAV? Outrageous or what? Outrageous, but maybe it's worth it. He's a workhorse, and they're trying to get over the hump. Steve Cohen's not playing around. He wants to win, and he wants to win now. Um, I think it's a lot of money, but it's not my money. And there's no right. salary cap, so why not? If you got the money and you want to win, go get him. Um, the one thing I'm worried about more than some of the signings, though, is I'm worried about the possibility of the owner's lockout in December 2nd. Sure. So, with that being said, so the scramble to get the scramble to get these big deals right now is pretty much an implication. Obviously, we all know there's going to be a lockout. They're currently meeting in Texas right now, in Dallas specifically they probably won't, you know, finish up in the next day and a half and miraculously save MLB from a lockout, but there's probably going to be some progress made. Uh, did you read at all about the uh, ideas for the revamped playoffs? Uh, no, I haven't. What's been proposed? 
Marty, do you want to fill them in? Yeah, so they want to do 14 teams, seven in each league. The best records get the bye. They'll get a first-round bye. And the wild card, whoever has the best record, I think, picks the teams. And whoever is, has the better record between the two teams of wild card gets to have home field, has to get home field for all three wild card games. Not a fan. You think it's fine the way it is? I, I think there's think plenty so. of parity in baseball. Do you think that what's that, Zach? Do you think you should do you think playoffs should stay the way it is now, but instead of the wild card being one game, it should be three? Um, I would I would rather it be so I guess right now the format is three division winners, two wild cards. Right. Six um, division. Yeah, winners. I mean it, you know, you're the Giants, you win you went over a hundred games and you got to play, you got to play a wild card kind of stinks. Right. Um, I'd almost like to see it expand to, you know, six, uh, six, but you know, you're going to a wild card, a one game, you might just depend on how your rotation set up for the year. I mean, baseball has always been played in long series, you know, five games for the LDS and then the LCS is seven games or up to seven games, World Series the same way. You know, I'd rather see teams have an opportunity over a longer series, but then that's putting a bigger burden on the wild card team. They got to win three games. I honestly, I liked it how it was before, where you had one wild card team and they would play the number one seed and the number two and number three seeds would play each other in a best of five. I think that was the best way to do it. So, Marty, you know all about this. Because last year the Giants did yeah. win the division at 100. How many wins? 107 franchise record. Right. So, which is incredible. And then the Dodgers had 106, right? Yes. Right. Franchise record as well. <laughs> yeah. And the Dodgers are the wild card team. So, I think there should be some reworking there, if I'm being honest. I, I feel if you like if your club is winning a hundred games and you get placed in a single game elimination, I don't think that is fair or should equate to how much work and how well your team was built and just you know, I, I don't know. I think there should be something that's why I think the wild card should be a best of three because it, it doesn't seem like that's that's uh, something that reflects well if your team does if you have boston and the yankees going 100 plus and then one of them it's ends up there when no one else is doing do that well is, no go ahead what they should do is so if with, i have the seating i have the i'm on i have the all the records on each team so in the nl what they should have done was Giants, Dodgers had the most wins. So Giants were the, would be the one seed. Dodgers would be the second seed. Braves are the third. Brewers, Cardinals, the fourth. And so what they could do is have the Giants get the bye. Dodgers will play the low, will play the lower seed, so the Cardinals, and then Braves and Brewers will play. So with that they should add another wild card team. So do like a best of six, maybe have six teams for each division and they will play one gets most likely to buy the other teams play in the best of three. 
I don't know how to do that. I mean, that's just weird, honestly. But I do know that kind of people did complain that the Giants and Dodgers series should have never happened. I mean, 100 wins in one format with two of them playing each other best of five. That should be like an NLCS right there. But what Right. So what if you what if you change the format from you go straight up NL, straight up um, AL. Right. And you pick the top four teams with the best records. Maybe you play a division format based on because it geographically makes sense for location. So, right, you still have the NL West scheduling. Mm. You would still be scheduled like an NL West team or an NL East or an NL Central team because of geographic reasons. You play those teams more often than the others. But you pick the top four teams with the best record in baseball. Or because the, the problem is you have to – you don't want to get a buy in baseball because you want to play every day or, you know, play two out of every three days, because if you're off for a week or two, say they went to a 16 format and you had number one, number two seeds get a buy, then they're laying off while everybody else is playing. One team might get hot. That's not fair to a team that won 110 games. So either go to eight, either go to eight, or I'd rather just keep it at four, have one wild card team, your three division winners, mm. or, just pluck the top four teams. Well, it's six division winners. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, I mean, three division winners from each. Okay, okay, okay. Right. Um, from from each league, and then plus one wild card from each league, or just right. pick the top, or just pick the top four teams with the best record. Because I mean, yeah. back you know yeah. in the forties and before, that's how they did it. You didn't have a division. You played the American League or the National League. You won the pennant flag. Right. It's a World Series. That's how I think it should be. I, I think I'm done with the division stuff. I, I think you know you have all these teams, you know, fighting, and I don't think it's fair if the White Sox. I'm, this is just a team for an example. If the White Sox win 86 games and yet they win but their division, I was and yet the Yankees win 98 and they don't, they they're in a wild card. I don't really, I don't agree with that. That goes for any team. Well, I know I was reading a thing. I was watching a Ken Burns uh, baseball documentary, and it talked about pre-1969 how it was whoever had the best record in the American League and National League would play in the World Series. But what happened was there were teams who were winning 90 or something games, not even making the playoffs. So when that happened, 1969, the Major League decided, let's do a National League East and West and a National League uh, American League, East and West, National League, East and West. Honestly, they should just do it like that. I mean, having the Central is kind of pointless if you geographically think. The NBA has an East and West division. NFL has the NFC and AFC. So I read the MLB kind of do like an East or West division. Do it something like that or do NL East and West and AL East and West like it was before back in the, from the, in the 1969, how that started. I can let's yeah, see what I, I think, like I think 1969 would... for example the Cubs well, and the Mets so so exactly all right so let's take that and let's look at all of the free agents that signed today yeah. which was a, a big uh, an amount right Robbie Ray to the Mariners yeah. and then you have the teams like the yeah. Texas Rangers who just have an incredible infield now um 
I think mm-hmm. if you go back to it being seriously just two columns, AL, NL, going against the best of your of your you know not division anymore, but your vertical, it's like I could see the Rangers actually doing better. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I think that they could probably win more games than than you know going against just the Astros all the time or just the Angels all the time. I truly believe that, especially now. And, uh, you know, I wish maybe they got, if they get Kershaw, perhaps even more so. But, you know, I think in this case, it would just open the doors for for more opportunity than, you know, being stuck in some weak division. So here's something interesting to think about, about travel and how it affects players. So New York, Boston, Toronto, Baltimore so when New York either plays those teams or plays within their division they don't have to do near the traveling that the Rangers do yeah okay before I read a really good article before the Astros were in the American League four team division ALS they had to go for the road games to Los Angeles to play or Anaheim to play the Angels they had to go to Seattle and they had to go to Oakland yeah a lot they're putting more miles and traveling more than all these other teams are in the East. And that's somewhat of a competitive advantage. Yes. Longer plane flights, longer, more late games because you're playing on the West coast, playing nine Oh five central time start games. You know, it, it, there's, there's so many pieces of, you know, things to unwrap to unravel here and, so many layers about it. It's, it's kind of interesting when you look at it from that perspective, like, damn, you know, in New York, you got to fly from New York to Boston, Baltimore, Toronto, their longest flight they have to take is to Tampa Bay yep. in their division. they yep. most games that they're playing. Now they're going to have to come to Texas and they're going to have to fly to the West coast. Sure. They'll do their West coast road trip. And that might be a gauntlet for them, but the majority of their games that they're playing are within the division. They're, you know, they're playing those and then they're cross town, you know, they'll go play the Mets in interleague. So you're absolutely right. Just you're hitting the nail about. on that. No, you're absolutely even right. The, even the same with the NL West. I mean, because you got the Giants. You Giants have to go to LA to play the Dodgers. Then they have to go to San, more south to San Diego to play the Padres. The farthest road trips is Colorado and Arizona. Taking plane would be because I took a plane to San Francisco, Arizona to San Francisco and back. It was like one to two hours. Mm-hmm. So, and then Colorado, I'm not sure how long it would be from San Francisco to Colorado. And then, plus, they, when they play the A's, they travel on bus to the Coliseum. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. I think when they play the Battle of the Bay. Huh. Yeah. Uh, no, no, you're absolutely right, Jake. Maybe I, I think that's smart. Divisions, so, Jake, I, I want you to take in consideration this, though. At the end of these deals for Simeon and for Seeger, I think Marty and I did the math earlier. You're looking at a 37-year-old Seeger and a 38-year-old Simeon. That's your infield. <laughs> I mean, at that point of the game. So, like, where do you, this how, is the way that I'm thinking about it, guys. Okay, yeah. What's the market going to be like? What's the market going to be like five years from now? I mean, you know, having a – so I guess he's making $32.5 million. Okay, that's A-Rod money but that was A-Rod money close to 18 years ago. Albert Pujols money close to 10 years ago. So you might look down the road three, four years and go, damn, 
they're getting him on a bargain and he might be undervalued because of how much salaries might we might see increase because of their new TV deals. Players are going to go, we want more money. I mean, they signed TV deal for, I think, I think it was, it's in the billions. I can't remember what the figures are. What contract is this, Jake? The MLB's playoff contract. That's right. Yeah, TV yeah. Contract. I think it's. Was it a TBS? Was it a TBS deal? I believe so. I believe, man. I want to say it was for twenty billion dollars, but I might be mistaken. Like over oh, ten I got years it. or something. Uh, three point seven five billion. Okay, so three point seven five. I was way off, but it's still in the billions. Right. You're like, all right. The owners won't show the players the books. That's a big thing that yes. the players are disgruntled about is they don't get to see the books. Yep. So you know, like in the NBA. In the NFL, they have, uh, like, especially in the NBA, they have profit sharing where the players are supposed to get, you know, 51% or whatever of the money that the league's bringing in a year. They're supposed to get a large cut of that. Obviously, basketball money can be stupid because you have 12, 13 guys on a roster compared to baseball where you have 25, you know, everyday guys. You got your 40-man roster. So, I don't know. There's a lot that's going to be unpacked here in the month of December. I'm just hoping that they hammer something out before the middle of January so that there aren't talks. But I'm really worried about there being an owner's lockout again. I mean, yeah, I mean, 94, that that, that happened. I mean, 94, out of all the strikes, 94 is obviously going to be the most well-known strike in the history of sports with the players and owners. And like I said, like, remember the picture I said, that that's the field of greed. That's what it comes down to. It's the field of greed. Yeah, and then also to the sign, owners and players win, and we as the fans are going to lose. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think that's a good point to look at. I I just, I don't know. We in part one, I'm not sure if Corey Seager was truly the guy, especially for that amount of money. But you know, the way I see it is, I bet you Seager got a lot of eight, nine million dollar deals, and then told the Rangers, hey, give me 10 and, and I'll sign. Because I just think, just like I think Machado won't ever truly be worth his 300 mil, Harper I could actually make a case for being worth his – I wouldn't have gone his 13 years or something like that. It was a little crazy. But, you know, I think uh, I, I think he could have done 10-something. But if he wants to play for an extra three after that, fine. I, I'm just not sure Corey Seager is really going to – be worth it the last three, four years. But I guess that's the case for most of these 10-year deals. I mean, he was injury-prone. I mean, he's very injury-prone, unfortunately. Yeah. So, Jake, speaking of injury-prone, what do you think, then, of the Byron Buxton seven-year, $100 million extension? you think that's fair for someone that's hurt as much as he is? Who's this? Uh, Byron Buxton, center fielder for the Twins. Twins. You know, it's hard to say. You know, you're always hoping guys can get over the injury bug because you don't want them to be injured so they can play. You know, and all your money's guaranteed. You know, if they can get some good years out of them, yeah. But it's also a lot of money to dedicate to people that have a history of being injured. I'm not – how old is – how old is he right now? Who? Byron Buxton. Uh, twenty-seven. Okay, so he's so. How long was his deal for? 
seven years seven so, years seven years that's not as bad but you know you're, you're looking at a guy on the wrong on the wrong side of 30 so he's going to be you know he's going to be 34 at the end of this contract i mean that's not horrible but you know not a lot of guys play until they're 38 39 some guys do but some guys when they're 34 you know 35 they're done you know they, they're not productive they don't think they can be productive anymore so what are you going to get at the end of those last two years? I hope a lot. I hope it's great for him. So, you know, not a bad – I mean, not a lot of money for – you know, like I said, I think salaries are fixing to skyrocket. I think that's why a lot of these teams are trying to get shit done because I think some of this stuff's going to come to a head and in a few years you're going to be seeing, you know, $30 million a year isn't going to be a big deal like it is right now. Because right now, if you're $30 million a year, it's a pretty big deal, but we might see $40, $50 million a year guys here in the next 10 years. So who knows? Yeah, true. You're absolutely right. Um, what do you think of uh, Robbie Ray? Five years, 115 mil, Cy Young winner to the Seattle Mariners. Seattle seems like seems like a pretty good deal. You think the Mariners are? Uh, I mean, shape, shaping up what to is be that? a competitive is that team. Thirty over five. Yeah, around that much, like twenty-seven and a half or whatever. I mean, that's. That's a lot of money, but it ain't my money. That's a pretty good deal, though, I think. As long as, yeah. he, as, long as he maintains the clip, you know, none of these contracts are performance-based. They're all, you know, projecting what a guy's going to be able to do in five, six, seven years. But if he continues what he's been doing, he is. But, hey, guys, I got to hop off here. It's all I good. a long day tomorrow. All I enjoyed good. hopping on. Yeah. Um, cool. we'll, uh, we'll have to – I'll have to do this again now that I got more – now that season's over, I got more time. Sounds good, man. Oh, also you got to check out my house. After three. Oh, yeah. There was an no. Outside. I need to come hang a chandelier for you. We already got that taken care of, but I appreciate it. We'll see you guys soon, okay? Yeah, Jake. That sounds good, Jake. There Take guys. care. All right, Marty. I think that's going to wrap it up for part two. All right. All right, take care, my friend. All right, see you. Bye. See you. Thanks for tuning in to the Louisville Sluggers podcast. As always, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Louisville Sluggers and on Twitter at L Town Sluggers. Thanks again.